Hello, all you beautiful people, and welcome to The Glorious in the Mundane. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles. I hope your world is settling into a new rhythm with the approach of fall and all that this time of year brings. I know some of you may be starting a new semester of school soon if you're in college, and some of you might have a child that's starting a new semester of college. Whatever season of life that you're in, I hope that these next few minutes can be a time for you to catch your breath and feel connected to Jesus and to others who are pursuing a similar posture today of just finding the glorious in the middle of the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. It is so good to be back with you this week with the podcast. We declared a code Sabbath on last week, and now I can tell you a little bit more about the why behind that. I wrote a little mini blog about it on my website, so check that out if you missed it. But you know, even when really good and beautiful things converge, it can still cause that feeling of an elephant sitting on your chest. This is because you and I were not made to hold all things together, or even hold it together most of the time, for that matter. We are limited at our very best. I've experienced this a few times, even recently, when I've literally had a to-do list a mile long, yet somehow right in the crux of the convergence of everything, we really do have this choice to get oddly still in it. And at that point where everything within you just says, something's got to give, it really can. This is where you declared, Jesus, you have my cause today or Jesus take the wheel, either one, same thing. But the beautiful thing about this kind of surrender is that it really does invite Jesus to show up. Second Corinthians 12 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. You might have seen on Instagram one of the reasons that my to-do list was extra hefty this past week. My brothers and I and our families were able to surprise my mom and dad on their 50th wedding anniversary this past Friday night in Oklahoma. It was one of my favorite nights ever that I can count on one hand even. I had been planning it with one of their best friends for a few months and had managed to fake my parents out that the reunion that they have each year with their best college friends, affectionately known as the Brethren, was the following weekend. But really, all those couples, the five couples, had all traveled in for this past Friday night to surprise them with us. We had told my mom and dad that our family was going to take a photo together around 6 p.m. before taking them to dinner for their anniversary and told them that we all needed to coordinate wearing khaki, white, or gold. We told them that a driver was going to pick them up at 5.30. Well, that driver was their middle child, Eric, my brother, who they thought was not going to be able to make it in for the weekend. Their anniversary is also Eric's birthday, so they were really surprised and relieved that their son, born on their fifth anniversary, was able to be there after all. So he drove them over to the home of their dear friends, where all of us were waiting out on the lawn. We had beautiful weather and even a breeze, which I had totally asked Jesus for. But all 25 of us were out on the lawn. We wore khaki, white, and gold in their honor. And nine of the 10 grandchildren were there holding white and gold balloons, all of us jumping up and down and greeting them. 
They, of course, were teary-eyed as they got out of the car and walked down the sidewalk as we all greeted them. I pinned a boutonniere on my daddy that I'd made and a corsage on my mom. And then we took those family photos we had promised and then went in and gathered to sing the blessing over them before dinner with a hymn called, Oh Perfect Love, that was played at their wedding. I recorded a little bit of it here so that you can hear it. I wrote something for my parents that I read out loud over them that night, and I'd love to share it with you. If you really knew my parents' full story, you would understand the meaning behind this even more. Without going into detail, my parents went through a very deep valley when I was about 16 years old, one that none of us, or even them, were even sure that they would recover from. My dad has been a pastor all of my life, but in that season, he wasn't even sure that he'd ever pastor again. But by the grace of God, the Lord took what the enemy meant for evil and truly turned it for our good. My dad, again, by God's grace, chose humility and repentance. And my mom, when she could have headed for the door, stayed and chose forgiveness, which looking back, I know was excruciating. Now, all of these years later, I marvel at the restoration of God I see two completely different people now, which is such a beautiful picture. God stays the same yesterday, today, and forever, but we were made to become. We were made to be transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory. Sometimes that looks like starting from square one again. If their story has taught me anything, it's taught me that the grace of God isn't just a hymn we sing, it's the air we breathe today. It's more of a reality than anything that we can see today. Here's what I wrote to say to them on Friday night. The 50th anniversary is the golden anniversary. As I was preparing for tonight and gathering special items to adorn the tables, I found myself standing in the aisle at the store in front of lots of gaudy golden decorations, shimmery indeed, but none of it reminded me of the two of you. Instead, I found myself reaching for garlands made of birch trees, branches with what looked like tiny buds sprouting from them, mason jars and burlap ribbon with tiny threads of gold mixed in. These things said mom and dad to me. Then it hit me. Threads of gold, I said out loud, standing in Hobby Lobby. That's the theme. Maybe it's because you've always had a love for the more simple things in life and an appreciation for God's creation that it seemed more fitting to just have touches of gold woven in. It could also be that somewhere deep inside of me, and because of you, I have an understanding of how precious and even costly the golden threads of our lives truly are. They're not easy to come by as to buy them already packaged. 
For the two of you, my hands reach for remnants of trees and budding branches. It's hard to even say what I love most about the rich symbolisms of trees and branches. There's the truth of being rooted and established. There's the beauty of being planted by a stream. And then, of course, the unavoidable pain of the pruning season. But as we yield to the Father, we eventually bear fruit in season, all for His splendor. These are the moments the almost unseen thread of gold gets woven through our lives. I reached for burlap ribbon and thought of the rough places he has made smooth, all so that more gold could be woven through. I held up the beautifully simplistic mason jars and thought about the transparency required in confession, in surrender, in forgiveness, and in true love. All the while, more gold is threaded through. All week, I've thought about the threads of gold that make up you, the 18,250 golden sunrises and sunsets that you've shared, the golden embers of your fireplaces through the years, and how I've watched you sit there countless mornings with your Bibles and your coffee, hiding God's Word in your heart. I think of golden daffodils and fireflies by the pond at the Glenwood House. I think of the golden twinkling lights of our Christmas trees through the years, I think of Sean's golden hair in the summer sun, Eric's golden moments on the football field, a certain golden Labrador, a gift from Daddy that I'll never forget. I think of the golden wedding bands on the hands of your three children. I think of golden crunchy fall leaves piled high in the backyard for your ten grandchildren. This gold is in Sean's artist eye. It's in Eric's fiery zeal. It's in my love for truth and poetry. It's in Coleman's laughter. It's in Grayson's kindness. It's in Adeline's song and Noah's drumbeat. It's in Julia's creativity and Eliana's wonder. It's in Lily Claire's strength and Annie Rose's spunk. It's in Miles's spirit and it's in Preston's future. Then there's these precious golden friendships here, a brotherhood and a sisterhood that have stood the test of time with golden songs, golden laughter, golden tears and golden memories. This gold is tried and true, tested through the refiner's fire. It is pure, which is why it's rare and hard to come by. Unlike the gold of stocks and bonds and bank vaults, this gold is a true inheritance. Lives and marriages threaded in this kind of gold aren't perfect lives and perfect marriages, but they have discovered this one thing, that at the end of our 18,250 days and beyond, Jesus is the treasure. Today is your golden anniversary, your threads of gold celebration. Where there were once rough and rocky places, there's gold. On every cold and barren limb, there's a bud and a glimmer. Sparkling through your lives is a love that has no end, with an indestructible thread that weaves and secures and holds all things together. So let the music play. Let the song go on. Today you are as rich as a king and as queen, and we are sincerely blessed to crown you. Happy anniversary, Mom and Dad. So you have to understand, the group of friends we were gathered with were my parents' friends since college. Their alma mater, and mine, and my brother's, and even my husband's, is Oklahoma Baptist University, as well as most of the other children of these friends. In fact, on Friday night, we celebrated the first of the third generation from this clan headed to OBU. OBU is a school rich in tradition. For instance, 
if an alumni in any room says, Bison, go with Carip, you're going to hear something like this happen in the room. In the summers, this group would gather at a lake house, and we'd all sprawl out on the shag carpet at night and sing songs when I was growing up. These were literally the people that I tried out some of my very first songs on, even when I was just in junior high and high school, one called Waiting for You, not to be confused with Waiting Here for You. I actually wrote this one for my husband-to-be that was somewhere out there. And another one that I wrote that this group literally makes me sing every single time we're together is called How Big You Are. They all remember the words more than I do, and so I sing it for them, and they coach me through the words of my own song every single time. And this is a little bit of that from this past weekend as well. This is How Big You Are.
That's what going home should always be like, the place and the people where you can sing the new song that's in your heart, which I did. I gave them a little preview of a Christmas song on the new project. But it should also be the place and the people who help you remember the songs that made you who you are. I'm forever grateful for these people, and actually, it leads me to the fact that today's guest is also one of those people in my life. In fact, it's hard to describe the feeling in my heart when I say that my guest today is Beth Moore. The reason I say that is because today isn't about me inviting a woman who has an influential platform to try and impress you. I didn't have my people contact her people. It was just me reaching out to a friend and sitting down with a woman who has literally known me half of my life, whom I've looked up to all these years, and who has spoken some of the sweetest truths over me in some of the hardest seasons that I've ever walked through. Beth and I haven't lived in the same city in almost 20 years, so we don't get to just sit down and chat very often. In fact, it's a real treat when that happens. We just have to have a joke that we're going to have a coffee date in heaven at least once a week, complete with proper coffee cups and saucers, because to have a proper coffee with Miss Beth, you're not allowed to use a mug at her house. So (laughs) though we don't get to chat every week and go shopping on the weekends, we just have an understanding. I know that she's there if I ever needed her, and she's let me know that. There are times when I have actually sent out an SOS to her, and she's not only responded, but it's such truth for the moment being poured into me that it's sacred to me. And I love, after all these years, that we have a trust there that's really special and that I hold very, very dear to my heart. So enjoy another coming home of sorts as I sit at the table with my friend, Beth Moore. Oh, my goodness. I'm sitting here with Beth Moore. What a treat. I'm going to tell you what a treat is. Christy is looking across all of this equipment at your face and trying to gather up that we are in this particular setting together. This is just perfection. It is. It is. Thank you. I love something new. It's great. I get to be at your table. Yes, indeed. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I was, um, so I'm here with my friend Kristen, and we're just, we've been in Texas this week, and we've passed several establishments that remind me of my last visit with you. I remember you, I was coming to see you. Yes. And you, you texted me, and you gave me the name of this establishment Mm -hmm. that I was to meet Mm -hmm. you at. Oh, <laughs> and the spelling of it was B U C slash E E and apostrophe S. Yes. And just knowing you for the, like the refined, beautiful woman you are, I thought, well, she's taking me to like an Italian yes. restaurant. Maybe it's pronounced Bucci's or uh-huh. Buse. Is Buse's. this what you said to me? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I pull up, mm-hmm. and on the sign <laughs> is this giant. Beaver. Is it a beaver? Yes. With these buck teeth. That's why it's Bucky's, Christy. That's why it's Bucky's. Now, I have to tell this story from my own perspective because it never occurred to me. Bucky's is such a Texas establishment. It never occurred to me there need be any explanation with that place whatsoever. It's just like everyone knows this. If you've crossed over the Texas border, you know this. There would be no explanation. You would know exactly what to picture. So I give you the address for it, the cross streets for it. But it the the funny part of it, Christy, was that we it was not until we were in the car driving out toward my house in the country that you said, you know, I was a little surprised. <laughs> 
<laughs> I said, what do you mean? Well, I was surprised about that that was the place that you meant. Well, well why? Well, well, because I thought it was like an Italian restaurant, like, like you know, Busse's. <laughs> I nearly drove in the ditch because I need people to understand, Christy. It could not be more antithetical oh to an Italian restaurant. Uh, seriously. Yeah. Especially when you, I got out of my car and you said, do you want to go in and get some Bucky Nuggets? Yeah, exactly. And maybe a Dr. Pepper because they have really good eyes. Yes, <laughs> Bucky Nuggets is kind of like a, um, a like corn pop, you know, like corn pop cereal. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, only bigger. But what Bucky's is known for is the cleanest restrooms in all of Texas, and it's and it's true. But everything you just get used to it. You just walk in that culture, and you just get used <laughs> to it. You become part of it. But I knew then it was like alien to you, and I thought either we're alien to Christy, or we're just plain alien. <laughs> no, I mean that's what I was like. Oh, thank goodness, it's a beaver with Bucky. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not refined, so I'm super happy. <laughs> and Dr. Pepper's my favorite thing, and I think I did go in and get a Dr. Pepper. You did indeed. And then, you know, you came home with Ellie Mae Clampett. So <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but however I gave any impression of refinement, I straightened that out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Well, we didn't get to visit one, but we might maybe before we... Before the day to, is over. Unless you don't want a clean restroom. Now, if you want to go someplace where you're in the mess of a bathroom, you go right ahead. But if you want a fine bathroom, that's where to go. I love it. Um, so I met you in 1997, I believe, which is almost... I met you when we first moved here, which was 97, 20, almost 20 years ago. I, I was trying to think on the way to work this morning, driving in when it was, mm-hmm. because I can still see you as clear in my memory mm-hmm. as it was that day walking down the hall. And the day that I saw you was not the same day I met you, but you were at at First Baptist yes. serving there. Mm-hmm. And... I could see this young, I'm trying to think about how many of you would have been in that group and sons and daughters together. Mm-hmm. What four? It was Nathan maybe five. And mm-hmm. Nathan and I and Charlie and his wife. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it seemed like maybe another person or two just walking down the hall. Yeah. Probably so. And, you know, I've been there so long, served mm-hmm. there so many years that I just knew that. I, I knew I'd never seen you guys before, and I knew there was just something different, just something different mm-hmm. about you. But I treasure that so much. I, I could still walk down that hall uh, today and uh, mm-hmm. remember exactly what you guys look like. And you talk about babies. Yeah. I mean, you guys <laughs> were babies. I thought to myself today, it was like you were still in just, I'm, it's like in my mind, you could not have been 20, but of course you had to have been. Yeah, twenty. I was probably 22. Okay. Okay. It's crazy. Isn't it? It's a beautiful thing to look back over that kind of time. It is. And so at that time, I remember learning about you. Of course, we have a mutual friend. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. Who is on your board, right? Yes, yes. But at the time, he was on staff there at First Baptist, and he had brought us in eventually. Like, we kind of came to visit a few times. And then Steve um, asked us to come and lead on a weekly basis at Metro Bible City, which is a singles ministry they had there for years. And um, 
I remember um, learning about the Sunday school culture of First Baptist and how they, I've never seen that before because it's a huge church. Oh, really? I really small. Okay, okay. But that you, you know, adult ministries, you pick your Sunday school teacher and you've got to sign up quick, right, if you want the right teacher. And you were one of those teachers. Am I right? What, how it works, um, I for the first years, I taught Sunday school for 23 years, mm-hmm. which I would not trade for anything mm-hmm. because, Christy, honestly, that's what— trained me up in having to study a new lesson every single week. Uh-huh. So I, I, I could see myself, if, if God had not sent me that direction, I might have gotten into that trap where I just um, t- took a few things, a few messages, and just that was it for the rest of my communicating life. That was what I gave, but I was forced into a situation to study all the time. That was through Sunday school. So Mm -hmm. at first I taught in a, what they call, I'll have to remember that that, uh, this, even the terminology will seem odd to a lot of people, what they would call a graded class. I was the women's teacher for 29 to 32-year-old women in a department. So a good friend of mine was the guy teacher. The husbands went to him. The wives went to me in this department. And then the couples that wanted to be together, they had another teacher altogether. Well, we then, the class members in in my class started varying from the age group that they were supposed to be. And and with our with the man that was over Sunday school, that was just not fine with him. It drove him crazy. And then of all things, some of the women that came to the class were also even single. And I say this tongue in cheek because this is so funny. I was supposed to have the women in the married department, but it was like, and now they're singles. And, you know, which to us is just absurd. But my pastor literally called me in to tell me that I had been told on, and he was grinning when he told it to me. He said, Beth, I'm about to set you free. And I I guess I'd been teaching that class for a couple of years. He said, I'm about to set you free. I'm going to put you in an ungraded class and just let it go. And so that's what we did. So that would have been by the time you were coming in to our church, I'm sure I was already uh, in that situation where then it was just wide open. So then it was about how much space the room had. Yeah. So, And that's what I mean. I mean, when I grew up, you know, you're in a Sunday school room with like seven people. But these were like, you know, like large, large yes. rooms. And yes. people, um, you know, wanting to, I'm sure, have you be there teacher, apparently, <laughs> breaking all kinds of rules. For breaking me. all kinds of rules, so in funny. Jesus' name. Yeah. Yes. It's just, I love it. And so uh, this was before, you know, obviously that you had ever published anything, That's right? right. Okay, yes, that's right. Uh, let me think back on that. It would have, okay, Christy, it would have been extremely close to that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Extremely close, because I was starting by that time I had been asked by a group. I was still teaching my Sunday school class and and did for years and years after that. But I had been asked to teach a a weekday Bible class at another church. And it was when I made that transition over, when I added it to it, so I kept my Sunday school class, but I also did this, that uh, in that class that a couple of women asked me if I would write them any kind of homework. Okay. That was the that was the total game changer. And my answer, any of any of that small group of women that waited after Bible class that day, could vouch for that because my immediate answer was absolutely not. No, I can't. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And it's not that I didn't think I might 
not write one day, but I, it never would occur, have occurred to me that it would have been curriculum, that mm. kind of thing. So I was like, no, no. <laughs> and they just sort of kept after me and, you know, then did, did that thing where then they made me pray about it. And so I just <laughs> gave it a shot. And so I just ministered it there. I just wrote it for them and I wrote it as we went. But you would have come along at First Baptist right about the time that was happening. And mm-hmm. so probably just a couple of years after that, uh, then the first one went on the shelf uh, of, a, of a bookstore. So it, it would have been happening right then, yes. Well, that's what I love about it so much because that's how the, that's how the best stuff happens. Is just I remember that's how we were about the fir- very first record that we made. Absolutely. Sons and Daughters, because it was just, we just thought, this is just for our church. These just for our church are just going to be for these people. And we had a guy in our church that lent us $3,000 to make the record, and we were going to pay him back, and we were able to, but, you know, just even with selling it just right there in our little church, and it it just kind of happened. You know, like it's people started passing the CD around, and but I just love it, you know, that it, it's, that it happens in September. I, I can't tell you how much I agree with you. And... God is doing so many different things, so many different ways that we will not, I will not presume to pigeonhole him into that this way is the best way. But I will tell you, Christy, I could not agree with you more on that because when I um, have the opportunity to interact with lots and lots and lots of young teachers, which is one of the absolute loves Mm -hmm. of my ministry life, I, I just love that. But when they ask me, how am I going to get it published. Mm-hmm. I always want to back. I said, you know what? Let's let's get in reverse here. Let's 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 go back. Let's mm-hmm. pull back instead of trying to get on the highway to publishing. Let's put it in reverse and pull back in the church parking lot. Yeah. Minister that 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 you have done mm-hmm. right in your local environment. Yeah. And then let God if he wants to take it from there, he will. Mm-hmm. But what what God just granted me that I, I'm so thankful for. And this is the same thing that you would be able to say. Is it was very satisfying to me. Yeah. I, I loved, um, I, I did not have an emotional or even what I would have believed to be a spiritual need for that to suddenly grow. Yeah. I was very, very happy mm-hmm. in that Thursday morning class uh, doing that very crude form of curriculum. Mm-hmm. It was very satisfying to me. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone looking for the next thing. The, the next door opened, but I wasn't trying to beat that door down. Yeah. And so I'm thankful for that. Me too. Uh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's it's a, it's not really the story that, like you said, sometimes people don't want to hear that story. I'm like, just you know, make a stir where you are. Bloom yes. while you're planted. Serve right there. And I promise doors will fling open and you'll have to choose which door you know there'll be so many that will it's just it's like and sometimes it's you know it's just like okay if we need to do that let's do that but like you said there is such a satisfaction and a fulfillment and yes contentment. like just being yes. able to like just right there just right there right right in your are. neighborhood you know Beautiful. one of one of the things that is happening today that I'm very very mindful of because so much of my ministry passion is in seeing women discipled. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wanting to see them not only discipled, I'm wanting to see the contagion effect of them discipling other women. Mm -hmm. And Christy, one of the things that is happening with the change of 
church culture is that with Sunday school going uh, out of a lot of uh, the uh, church doors where community groups, and that's a beautiful thing too. I'm not cynical about where the church is going, but I I am just keeping um, my eyes wide open to the fact that our young teachers do not have the opportunities to teach under the roof of their local church the same way my generation would have with Sunday school. Yes, yes. So they're they're going to have to be able to think. Um, I could I ask a couple of neighbors if they would want to meet once a week for mm-hmm. to just sit down across mm-hmm. the table from one another with yeah. our Bibles wide open. There, there's going to have to be a, a, a paradigm shift yeah. in where we picture class. We're mm-hmm. just going to have to decide in our minds. Listen, if the if Rabbi Jesus shows up through His Spirit, that is a classroom. Right. So I'm going to go back again to when we first met a okay. little bit. Do you remember that you, um, you may not remember this, but you kind of set us up with our first little, like, computer printer. I do remember it. I do remember it. Yes, I do. I do. And to go back to what you were saying about Steve, mm-hmm. Steve Seelig, um, that you and Nathan first had the invitation from to serve at, uh, uh, at uh, that wonderful church, he is was at that time and still is one of the dearest friends that I have in the faith. So, yes, I just, I loved hearing what God was doing. And I'd already heard you guys by then. And I already had had that very, that very, the very album you're talking about, I already had it in my possession. So, yes, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember we lived in um, a little pool house of some friends of my brother and out in spring. Okay. And we, um, I remember setting that up in that little Literally, it was their pool house. I mean, they, there was already, it was furnished and everything, and they let us live in it for free for about probably a year. And I remember where that little station sat, where we plugged all that in, and we we're just like, who is this Beth Moore lady? And how big was that equipment? <laughs> I'm just trying to picture. And I think that was, I'm trying to think, it was right around that time that email, I mean, was just, it was first around and internet and all that stuff it's just so funny it's crazy I mean so much is just crazy but um I was giggling telling you earlier um you know I have memories and I think um you know because I on my side it was so much of a bigger deal than it was to you as you told me before but I was reminding you that I have this moment that I remember and it was a season of life when we were there at First Baptist yes um do you remember we were doing um Nathan, my husband, was producing this um, Women in Worship album. Yes. For Living Proof, Yes, yes. We had all these women come and sing on it, and that was—was that just for— Bible study stuff, and do you remember? Oh, Christy, I probably still have a— Listen, that was that was <laughs> wonderful. I st- I'm sure I still have a copy of that. Mm. That's so fun. My mom still listens. Yes, to it. yes. She, um, she actually she sent me a copy of it not long ago, and I need to pop it in. But it's the only place I have a CD player is in my car. Yes, so I need to put it in there. Oh, you, listen, I, yes, I need to get it out too. But along that in that same season, I remember um, I had befriended some people and become friends, and we hung out a lot. And I remember you and Steve at the time kind of trying to speak in because I didn't know about some stuff that was going on with these friends that I'd 
kind of was hanging out with. And and I remember Steve had said something to me a couple times, like, just be careful. You know, I was new to the church and new to the town, and um, and he was just trying to protect, you know. And, I, again, I was a baby. I was young. And you knew these particular friends. And um, I won't go into the details, but... Um, I, and I honestly, I can't remember how long it played out, but I remember it was during that time that we were recording that record and you were trying to speak in out of protection, but you were also protecting the other side because, which is so, you know, mature and I wasn't mature. Um, and I remember sitting in the park, I think I was in my brother's driveway, um, and you were just in a sweet way because it was such a fragile situation. Yes. Yes. And you were trying to just speak in and, and just caution and just say, I need you to trust me on this. And I specifically remember I sassed you on the phone um, big time. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'd give anything to go back and replay that because it would be so perfect because I can't remember the sassy words and I'd give anything because I could be texting you those very words right now. <laughs> I just remember it was in in my mind it was like you don't know what you're talking about. I mean that's how And you know what, Christy, I may not have. <laughs> that is the thing. That is the thing is I may not have because you know we don't we do a lot of living and a lot of learning right. and relationships are complicated and mm-hmm. every single person is valuable mm-hmm. and just because something kind of goes awry here doesn't mean it's going to go awry over there. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, I've done a lot of growing uh, since that time too. But one of the <laughs> things that is I still am challenged by to this day is that I am extremely maternal, <laughs> very <laughs> maternal, very maternal. And I'm going to tell you something. I was maternal before I was a mother. I just, you know how some people just, mm-hmm. they just got that where they love, they mother something, whether it was a small animal, whether mm-hmm. it was my doll, stuffed animals, whatever it was. But um, mm-hmm. I, I think that has come into play and probably did there, that, that mother thing that mm-hmm. says, I want you to flourish. I want you to have one. This, you know, these are conversations that I've had with my daughters a thousand times. Oh, yeah. I want you to have wonderful friends. I want you to have friends that would be different than than my friends. Mm-hmm. But I want you to be careful. Yes. I want you to be careful about about your friends. And um, so, oh, good heavens! <laughs> I probably there are more times uh, than not that I have crossed a line purely over being overprotective than anything else. So um, anyway, I I, uh, I would love to go back and be able to replay what those exact sassy words were because <laughs> I can't remember. I remember the moment, but I can't remember the words. I think I, I, think I may, may have raised my voice. And, and it, since then, I mean, not even very many years ago, I heard that our brain doesn't fully develop until you're 26. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> And I was like, well, that was well, that was well before my brain was developed. Well, I am going to say life is very complicated, and there was nothing uncomplicated about that season and situation. No, there wasn't. Nothing. And, and thank God he loves us all. That's right. So, 
And yes. some of that was very much redeemed and is yes. very beautiful to this God's, day. God's so faithful. So sweet. But I, so this is cute too. You talk about your maternal um, loving self that you are. I remember standing on the stage. We were, we were rehearsing for Passion 99. We were in Fort Worth. Yes, yes. And it was, I had not seen you since then, but since I had sassed you on the phone, I remember I had, it was my first cell phone. It was gigantic. <laughs> I was sassing you into a gigantic cell phone. And, <laughs> and I hadn't seen you since, but since that time, it had all come out and it, I realized what you were trying to tell me, what you wouldn't tell me because you were also being protective of the other people. So... Um, it had, I had found out about it and I was like, oh, and then I hadn't seen you. And so I saw you walking, you may not remember this. I saw you walking in front of the stage. It was, we were just rehearsing and I remember I had overalls on and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting this, this is coming back to me. This is coming back to me. It's, so, it, it's marked, it's, it's like, it marked me, but I came down off the stage and I just, laid my head on your shoulder and this is what you said you put your arms around me and you said baby you could not have known (laughs) (laughs) and I just was crying and I was like I'm so sorry I'm sorry I smashed you oh I'm gonna ask Amanda and Melissa how many times I've said it to them baby you could not have known That is precious to me. Mm-hmm. Christy, I'm so glad you brought that up. That is precious to me. That is precious to me. And you kept you, so through the years after that, you, um, so in some ways, because at that time you were really like, I'm here, you know, you were, you, you made yourself available to me during that time in Houston. I mean, you, you were like, I'm here if you need anything, if you want to go have coffee or talk. And, and I just was not in the, I thought I knew everything for one thing, um, but, and I think most 22-year-olds do, um, and then you realize later when you get towards your 30s that you don't know everything, and and then it was like, I moved away, and I, you know, it, some, some, in some ways it was like, gosh, I, you know, I missed an opportunity there, but you've been so sweet and just through the years, and honestly, you were the first person who asked me to keynote speak at something. Oh, I do. I want to talk about this so badly. Before, okay. I'd only been in like little breakout sessions. Okay. Okay. I want to come back to this because this, I really want us to land here, <laughs> um, Christy. I really want us to land here. But let me say when you said I I didn't, you know, I, I thought I knew. Every, listen, what you didn't know was you didn't know me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's fair uh, I personalities like mine can come on so strong in in the name of wanting to you know, just be accommodating and but uh, what I have felt from you is that and I respect this and I'm going to tell you something I think that I can very honestly sit right in front of you and tell you that I respected it at the time mm-hmm. which is why there really wasn't a backlash mm-hmm. from it mm-hmm. because I I respect Expect somebody that wants to take it slow mm. and thinks, you know what, I'll I'll let you know mm. when I want what you have to give. Mm. Because I don't really to tell you the truth, and this is how I felt like y'all had come into this big world, here all of us were, and it was kind of like, 
Everybody stand back and let us figure out who we can trust Mm. and who we can't. And even who, when I think who I can trust, I'm still going to think who I can trust to be, I can can still only trust people to be people, Mm. but I can trust them to be godly people. Mm. But um, I think that is fair. I think it's fair to say, you know what, I don't know you, and I'm going to take my time before I, mm-hmm. I get to know you. And mm-hmm. one of the things I have loved about our relationship, Christy, is that we did just get to take our time. And it may seem that it took longer than we now that we wish we could go back and do some of it again and make up for some lost time. But I don't know. I, I think that there's something kind of beautiful about it. And in this day of mm-hmm. instant friend, um, friending and all, I think to let something go a little, you know, at a slow pace and just appreciate that that one another's out there doing the thing they've been called to do is a gorgeous thing. But I do want to get to the keynote because <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, Chrissy. This, I, this is why I, I tweeted it, uh, just here recently that you guys were doing the podcast. I was so thrilled because I am telling you, you have got this gifting on you to communicate. Mm-hmm. And there's something so, there is there is something so winsome about you and so, so warm and so, I'm going to put this word with it, and I don't know of a bigger compliment I can give you, Christy. So true, mm-hmm. so true. Um, when you stand at a microphone, and I love, I, I mean, who, who, I don't even know whose voice I would compare to yours. Um, when you stand at that microphone and you sing, when you take your pen and you write, I don't, who, who can we even throw alongside of that? You have a spectacular, very unique gifting. But what just astounded and thrilled me is that I could, I watched with my own eyes, I sort of watched this little bird start breaking out of this shell, that <laughs> this bird that could not only sing, but girlfriend could communicate. <laughs> and it was just like, I, I was astounded. And I'll never forget, I, I don't know why this sticks with me. Um, Chrissy, this seems so, so stupid to somebody, but I love this kind of stuff. I'll never forget it because you walked to the microphone. One of the early things you said was, listen, I am really, really new at this. In fact, I'm brand new at this. And so I'm going to need a lot of patience. And I want you to know, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I need you to know that I'm really awkward. <laughs> this was just perfect. Well, and <laughs> then you spoke for a couple of more minutes, and then you accidentally knocked your cell phone, which you were using for your time. Mm-hmm. You knocked your cell phone on the floor, and you leaned down and picked, and you said, see, awkward. <laughs> and I mean, it was just like, I, I said to my staff, who didn't fall in love right then? Oh. I said, if you, I mean, you, I said, what, what can you do with that? You have to love that. <laughs> but I saw what I, I love about you is there is such a, a, a true and authentic love for people and to see people. In this, we so share this, Christy, even as much older, um, I'm so much older than you are, but I, I see it in you that we want to see God raise people up. Yeah. We want that. We, we, we delight in that. Yeah. When somebody here recently said, I really am so glad that you're, you know, cheering 
her own. I thought, listen, that's not a labor for me. Mm-hmm. That is my delight to see people come up and to understand that throughout the course of our ministry lives, God is ever changing and transforming what that looks like. If we, if what if when you were 22, you got one thing in your head that you were called to do, and then we're what we're going to do that for the next 60 years until the Lord takes us home. I just don't think that's how He works. I think mm-hmm. He says, you know what? You, I tell you what you do. You follow me and you do what I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. And you don't just do what you think you're good at. Mm-hmm. You get out there and you put yourself at risk yeah. to minister to people. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to love them enough to put yourself out there where you know good and well they're going to grade you. Mm-hmm. Well, so what? Grade away. But here's what I'm going to do. I, 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 I am going gonna to love you and try to encourage you no matter what it takes and no matter what kind of risk I'm putting on the table. That is what this takes. That is the way—he's so wise, Chrissy. That's the way we don't get bored. Mm-hmm. We just keep growing with Him. Um, we keep uh, risking the next thing. Uh, we just keep getting out there and learning. And wh- one of the things I think we're really going to be hurt by in the body of Christ is if we think that we have got to be great at something before we ever give it a try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christy, that is not the way it works. Mm-hmm. I, w- I am going to tell you something, and I- I'm not saying— um, I ended up any great teacher, but I am going to tell you that the first year of teaching Sunday school, I was the worst Sunday school teacher in the church. <laughs> Christy, it was awful. I mean, awful. I honestly I would think up during the week what I wanted to talk about and try to come up with a scripture to go with it. That was my idea of teaching Sunday school. It was terrible. I don't know how anybody dealt with it. And um, But it's, it's got to be that way where we risk getting out there. And in that moment, you know, just— Watching you up there, my heart just exploded. And so every single time I've ever seen, whether on Twitter or any kind of social media, where I knew you were serving someplace or training up um, worship leaders mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, uh, where you were speaking, communicating the gospel in any form, uh, it, it had that same impact over my heart. I'm, I, honestly, I'm so proud of you. I don't know what to do. And girl, you are gifted at it, just flat gifted at it. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying all that. That's, you know, it means so much to me. And even just remembering all these things so fun. right now, it's just so, just so fun. And just sweet for this season. Yes. You know, just to look back and remember God's faithfulness and when He connects us with people and, and just how you, I remember after I spoke that day, I was just, I think I went behind the curtain and I was just like, oh my gosh, I know. what did I it's just so do? Vulnerable. It's so And you came up there, you came right behind the curtain and you just took my face in your hands and you just, you affirmed me and you just, it was, I will never forget it. And, and that's, you know, you set the tone for me, you know, and just um, how you were confident in who you are and what you were doing to, to share you know, that platform and to share what you have had with me and to come alongside you in um, that moment. And that meant the world to me. And it taught me how to, to make room, you know, for people, for young women to be alongside 
me. So thank you so much for well, setting that tone. It's just for me. it's been one of the biggest delights of my life. And you know, Christy, you have been faithful with it to just walk in that next little piece of light that Jesus gives you and to not have to stress over what is this going to look like? What, what do you mean, gonna? Let's, let's have now. Yeah. We, Jesus could could come get us before the day is over, before yeah. the sun sets today. Mm-hmm. I could see his face. I, how about just now? Yeah. How about just now? Just minister out of every everything and anything we've got to, to bring to the table, to mm-hmm. just put it out there and do it. I love that. I look mm-hmm. back and think about my primary mentor, and I think about the days early on when she would have me, if she had to be out, Christy, she would send me as a sub if she got sick or something and she was, and I think, well, she must have been crazy. <laughs> there is no telling what I said. Right. There is no telling. But somehow she was able to see something that I could not see in the mirror. Mm. I think that's the part of the beauty of the body of Christ. That's the beauty of the generational thing, Mm -hmm. is that somebody a little bit older, maybe a lot older, uh, can smile over you and say, oh, you have got such a gift. If you can't see it in yourself, would you trust me enough to hear me say, I see it, Mm. I see it. And if you'll let him develop it, you will be astounded at what he will do. Mm. I love that. I love that y'all have been willing to transition. You and Nathan both. Mm. It's got to be the way it is. Well, this um, theme is the glorious and the mundane. Yes. And I call it my farm table epiphany. Yes. And I'll kind of close with just asking you a little bit around the theme, because I know people would want to hear, and really so much of what you've we've already spoken and what you've said um, is around this theme. But, you know, I remember God getting a hold of me when, um, you know, Noah was about, he, I think he was entering preschool. Ellie was a baby. We didn't have Annie Rose yet. And um, we had uh, laid down our watermark journey and um, didn't know what was next. And the Lord had kind of asked me to, kind of clear things off the table and then he would kind of let me know what to put back on the table. And, um, of course it's just, you know, it's so scary. And, but that was the moment. And of course, you know, we don't arrive. We just keep, it's like deep calls on the deep. So you just keep learning these, um, ancient truths, but you, you learn um, how to apply them in the middle of ordinary life. And, um, and that's why I love it happened at my breakfast table, you know, just when God really got a hold of my heart. And so many things, it was so many things happened in that moment, which was, you know, don't miss your children, don't miss yes. their, them growing up, you know, fight for this, fight, fight for it. your family. And and it was basically, if you will trust me with what I've gifted you with, if you'll trust me um, with what I've put in you and let me promote it. I will do it in a God-sized way. Yes. And you just hit the bullseye. Yes. So this is your portion, the yes. small, you know, yes. what you can just fit in your small world. But what I've found over the years is that it's, you know, kingdom of God, it's really what seems big to the world is really small, and what's seemingly small to the world is actually huge yes. in the kingdom. I agree with that, Christine. And so obviously you're a part of um, something 
just a, a tidal wave of how God has used your life and your story and your willingness to steward it well and to share um, and to dig into the Word of God and to present truth to generations. And, um, and, and I, But I think, you know, the bigger we're a part of something or the more we're a part of something big, um, we've also got to go, you know, Jesus, I know even what this seems so seemingly small to yes. the world, but like I know this is huge to you. And, yes. And I would just love to hear um, how through the years, because I've seen you, I, I'm, I know that you've made choices through the years that maybe aren't the popular no. choice or the, oh, that would be a win, you know, that's going to, that would, you know, certainly be a good career move or whatever, but I've seen you and I know you've made choices through the years that are like, I'm just going to trust God with that and I'm going to, but I'm going to choose this. I would love to just hear, and I know people would just want you to just speak around um, that theme a little bit as we close. You know, it just, I know that many, many would s- circle around this with us and, and see it the same way because it's just sort of a given, but then to turn it into practical living and and uh, to, to make it happen in the schedule and, and in the practical part of, of ministry, but to for it to be true inside that home, inside those lives, inside that family, inside that single woman's apartment, mm-hmm. inside those relationships. That, that core, that's where it's got to be true. That's where it's got to be true. If uh, that, to me... I don't want to overstate this or make this sound dramatic. Every morning of my life with Jesus does not put chill bumps on my arms or stand the hair up on the back of my neck. Mm -hmm. But I can say that that, this little space when it's dark outside, nobody else is up in the house, and I can hear my husband snoring in the bedroom, and I got this place under this one light with my Bible open, and it's just me and him mm-hmm. right there. That, to me, is where the miracle of the day takes place. Mm-hmm. That's what, that the sun rises right there. And I, 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 I time my prayer time and my time in the scriptures in the morning, I time it with the sunrise. And mm-hmm. I, I love that whole concept that I'm going to get up with you in the dark, and you're going to, you're going to, lighten my day, Mm -hmm. and that it's true in front of my children. My children are grown now. I have three grandchildren. My oldest grandchild is 10, and then our Annabeth, and my namesake is seven, and then (laughs) we've got this, oh, God, this baby (laughs) that's nearly nine months that we're just drunk over, just (laughs) drunk, just drunk over. But I I don't want to miss them. Mm. I don't want to miss them. I don't want someone to say, I didn't want it for my grand, my children, mm-hmm. but I don't even want it for my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. I don't want someone to say to them, I saw your grandmother on TV, and them to think, well, I, yeah, that's where I see her too. Yeah. No, Christy, yeah. mm-hmm. no. And the, there's, there's this living in the tension of that. If somebody said to me, has that been easy? It, it's been an, it was an easy choice to make as far as it, this was going to be it, I can tell you, that I was not 
I, I, I d- did not want to miss my parenting. I did mm-hmm. not. I did not want my husband to be able to look at me and go, "I ministry stole my wife." I didn't want any of that. That that was an easy uh, choice. But to implement it, to turn it into the practical, no, of course it's not easy. Of course it's not easy. But um, but I, I I wouldn't want to miss it for the world. Mm-hmm. And that to me is where authenticity takes place. Is where nobody is looking. Mm-hmm. The, I, I'll tell you this without a doubt. The biggest miracles I have seen, I will never be able to tell publicly. Yeah, I love that. Never. Because they've been inside the intimate places of my uh, personal life and my relationships. Mm -hmm. The most intimate things, the wonders, Mm -hmm. the biggest wonders uh, that I have seen Jesus perform, I'll I'll never tell publicly. Because they were private. And um, that, to me, Mm -hmm. I, I don't... I don't know where I'd be without him just holding my feet tight right there to the floor of my own kitchen where my Bible gets open and where something miraculous takes place. Mm. And a very selfish woman asked to be forgiven for her sins again today Mm. and filled by the Holy Spirit of Jesus. Mm. And then she gets up a miracle. That's just it. Mm. That's just it. To me, that that's the miracle in the mundane. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, well, I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> I've had so much fun with you. Thank and you. And, y'all, I do want you to know her hair is just as beautiful <laughs> as you're picturing that it is. Because I know right now that you're picturing that there is a lot of hair on both sides of this microphone, and you would be right. You would be right. Some of it is bleached. <laughs> I won't say whose, but there's a lot of hair. There's a lot of hair in this room. Do you know I, use, I had to use body lotion as pomade this morning because I forgot my pomade. <laughs> you had to use body lotion. Well, it looks good on you. It looks good on you. I have done that in hotels before. You have to do yeah. what well, you have to do. You yeah. just have to use the lotion. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. And it's a little more... Humidity here, but <laughs> yes, humidity. Yes. It's a little more humidity. We like to say that there's a reason why there's only one letter's difference between humility and humidity. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me, Christy. Thank you so much. Loved it. I loved it too. I hope that it felt like coming home for you too, that your father spoke words of deep encouragement to you today. I've watched Beth walk out a life of following Jesus for the past 20 years. And actually, what I love about Beth is that she'd never point you to herself. She's always going to point you straight to Jesus, which is just so refreshing. Well, this is the last full week of my Christmas campaign for my upcoming record called The Thrill of Hope. Thank you again to those of you who have pre-ordered it and even given above and beyond that because we couldn't have done this without you. We're almost to our goal. We just have a little ways to go. If you can't give or pre-order right now, you can post about it and just help us get the word out. We'd be so grateful for that as well. And please pray for us too, for the endurance to finish strong, what we've started. We are so expectant, even through our weariness at this point, that the thrill of hope is gonna bring the love of a savior to someone's life this Christmas that they might know His love all year through and for eternity. 
I hope you have a glorious rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon.